Welcome to our podcast, Freedom Decoded. We are Demir and Carrie Bentley of Lifehack Method. We ditched the nine to five many years ago, decided to move abroad, decided to lead a very unconventional life. And professionally, we help other people get back in control and get on the path to creating the results they want to create in their life. You can find us at lifehackmethod.com. But this podcast is where we really let our hair down and give you a peek behind the curtain into our freedom lifestyle and what's what we're personally excited about um, together. And today, we're going to be talking about a great subject, which is our experience starting a business together as a married couple. <laughs> uh, I love it. We get this question all the time. Uh, and we get it in different forms, like, um, tell me about your story working together. You know, do you have any tips working together? But I think underneath a lot of it is sort of like, is this a train wreck waiting to happen? Yeah, like, do you like working together? Yeah, like, do you wish you hadn't worked yeah. together? <laughs> it's almost like asking somebody, now that we've got a business that is really successful and it's based on like us, we're both in the brand. It's almost like asking somebody if they wish they hadn't had a child. It's like, what are they supposed to say? You know, right, like, they have to say it. They have to say, yes, I'm glad I had that child. But no, for real, we are glad we had our child. <laughs> and, and, and I'm really, like, ecstatic that we work together. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to say, I made some bad choices in my life. I mean, I'm sure other people have made worse choices, but I've made some bad ones, and this is definitely not one of them. No. However, I also don't think it's a blanket solution. So today we're going to talk a, lo- a little bit about maybe... You know, we're definitely not here to tell somebody that it should or shouldn't work for them. Um, we're just going to share our experience uh, and what led us to the decision. And maybe the truth is we do have a couple tips if somebody is. Yeah. It's almost well, like- it's more like what what it is that does make it work for us uh, that it may or may not work in the same way for other people. But it's just what is working for us. You know, I feel like working together is sort of like acting. Nobody would tell their kid, oh, you should go be an actor. But then if your kid is like determined to be an actor, then you sort of have some tips and tricks. So uh, yeah, that's a good analogy. Know, there's going to be people who, no matter what we say, are going to try to work together. Um, and there's going to be people who won't even try it. So for those people who are absolutely determined to give it a <laughs> shot, uh, then we're going to give you some uh, some tips. Yeah. Um, well... I think the first place to start is how we even came to that decision because it was not made impulsively. In fact, we had many years together where we were not working together. We had separate careers, separate jobs, um, completely separate careers. Actually, they were in no way related. Not even close. But that is actually how we met. We met through work. Um, Not working at the same job, but you, your company that you were the CEO of, a tech company, was contracted to work with my big corporate company. And we ended up collaborating on that project very professionally. Collaborating. You were my boss on that project. I was the boss of the project. (laughs) That was so kind of you to say collaborating. No, no, you were my boss. And, um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, the number, there was only one person on your team that was absolutely against working with us. And it was... You. <laughs> Me. Yes, I had a bit of an embarrassing moment where I got a talking to from my bosses, actually, because I voiced my concerns about working with Demir's company <laughs> and was promptly shut down. They're like, this is going to happen and you're going to manage it. And your next promotion is riding on how well this project does. So No, but from my perspective, I didn't know any of that happened. So from my perspective, I just loved working with you. Um, 
Maybe some of my team members didn't. I, I know some of my team members were a little bit like quote apparently unquote, they were scared. They were scared of getting yeah. on calls with me. I'm very friendly. Okay. I, it wasn't like that you were unfriendly. I think it's just that we were a tech company and we were, you know, trying to fake it till we made it. Yeah. And you could tell and you were asking very probing questions. And um, <clears throat> and I think that made some people really like insecure. But for me, for my part, I love female power. Right. I <laughs> very powerful mother when I was growing up. So like there's you know, I'm very attracted, not just like physically, but also just like sp- spiritually, intellectually attracted to powerful women. And so um, I remember getting off the first call with Carrie and being like, that bitch knows how to run a meeting. Yeah. I have never seen a meeting run like that well. And I said it like as very, very high praise. And I remember I wanted to poach you from your oh, company yeah. and get you to come and work for Mike. So the initial attraction was really almost like I was... And, and I think this is important for the story is that our our first interaction was a business interaction and our first attraction was working together. And in, 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 when I say attraction, I say that very lightly, not yeah. physical. No, but just I mean, just like that we enjoyed working, working together. together. And we knew what it would be like to work together, more or less, not like the nitty gritty, but it's not like we were starting from having met in a bar and having yeah. absolutely no clue what it would be like to work with each other yeah. to then working together. It was like we understood how it was how it was <laughs> we understood each other in a professional context and even after that it's not like we just decided to suddenly start a business yeah. uh we had many years that where we were dating and then we got married um and we tried to make our lifestyle work in different ways try to like sort yeah. of hack elements of the lifestyle yeah um but i i just think that we we wanted to push it even further and we just weren't we hadn't completely redesigned our lifestyle and we weren't happy with so many elements of it that we decided it was the right choice. I mean, the way I say it is just, we just got to a point where we had hacked everything in our life except for our jobs, but we realized that that economic relationship was what was getting, keeping us tied to our hamster wheels. And we just, one of the things that we've always had a great degree of agreement about is that we wanted to live a very unconventional life and, and, make big, bold, radical choices and, and live an extreme life. And, um, and it just felt like that was never going to happen. And we didn't see any path to it from the jobs that we had. And so I think that was we, the very, we looked at a lot of options too. Yeah. We were thinking, oh, we could go and live in a tiny house somewhere and maybe we could work remotely, but with our same jobs, we really tried to think creatively about how to solve the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And I, I think it even started with just like, oh, maybe we could get a side hustle going on. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I think it really started from a place of us. And I think this is probably such an important point. It didn't start from a place of us thinking about how much money we wanted. It didn't start from a place of us thinking about like what kind of career success or acknowledgement that we right. wanted. It actually started from us talking about lifestyle. And I think probably this is going to be the through line of this whole conversation is that we 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 sort of recognize that life is a Rubik's cube, you know, and you know, your work and work success and and fulfillment is one side and financial fulfillment and success is another side. But that really is just a couple sides of a bigger puzzle of being spiritually fulfilled, having fulfilling relationships, having a fulfilling lifestyle and a sustainable lifestyle. So for us, when we got together, we weren't looking to like prove ourselves in our career or make a certain amount of money. We were looking to solve the whole enchilada, the whole Rubik's cube on all sides. 
Yeah, I think that's really important because I think a, a lot of people who do go into business together secretly actually have some sort of ego expectation around the success of that business or the role they'll play in that business or how many you know magazine covers they're going to be on. And we really tried hard to just like put those aside and look at the bigger picture of like, no, what life are we trying to create here beyond those like ego things that at the end of the day just really don't matter. And I would love to judge that, but the truth is, is I went hell for leather for all of that in New York. My whole time in New York was, I want to make a lot of money and be famous, and I want to shove it in your face. You know, like <laughs> I, I really went for that ego thing, but it just I could not make that work. It, it it's like every time I really kept trying to celebrate myself, I was just sabotaging myself. And so I think when we got together it was a very interesting time in our life when I was sort of bank bankrupt in terms of the past life like I'd just taken that past life to its natural sort of extension and it all just sort of collapsed and yeah. went bankrupt you know and so I think when we met I was like let's start something completely fresh let's think in a totally different way let's yeah and, and in my former career it was never going to be an ego thing anyway like it was it was about you know creating value for the end consumer like sure I wanted to be in a powerful position and grow as a person in terms of my leadership skills and my managerial skills. Yeah. But I was never like, oh, it, it has to be me in front of the camera. It has to be, uh, we have to have a multi-million dollar business or else I'm not going to be happy. It was, it was not about that for me at all. So that was fine with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think, and plus I have to admit that I had read the four hour work week and been really inspired by just that whole concept of geo arbitrage and traveling the world. And I had seen, cause we were, I was starting to work remotely for a company. I'd seen that there was this really like new world opening up where you could serve anybody on the planet through a computer. And so, you know, this idea wormed its way into our head of starting an online business together. Um, and, and one of Demir's crazy ideas, by the way. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, you know, I, what's funny is we should take a side note here and say that when we really started like aggressively pushing on this idea and saying like, let's find out who we can serve and how we can serve them. Um, a lot of our friends came out of the woodwork and we're like, no, do not work stop together Stop right now. Or you're yeah. And when they, they had a good point yeah. because a lot of them had already, you know, fallen out of relationship with their significant other because of a business venture they had started together. And we did see a lot of examples from friends. Like we had one friend um, they were trying to work together as a, a husband and wife team. Yeah. And we could see so clearly from the outside that they were just competing with each other. Yeah. It and was it, like, it, it looked horrible. It, it looked not like something we wanted to be a part of. I mean, in a weird way, we owe a big debt of gratitude to that couple because of where they were at at the time. They were an amazing, like negative example for us. And I know like nobody wants to be a negative example, but it really had a big impact on us because I remember having long conversations with you about how we did, like, we were like, okay, whatever we do, let's not do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would be at parties, like cutting each other off, like it, it, taking credit, trying to steal credit for things. You know, um, I remember one guy was telling uh, a story and then right as he was telling the story, you know, his wife was like, it didn't happen that way. And it was just one of those things where I was like, whoa, these people are not a team in any sense of the word. They're really just like competing with each other. Yes, it was interesting to see what was actually happening because they were saying all the right things. They were saying like, oh, we're such a great team together. Oh, we have such complementary skills. But like the way they were showing up in the world was not as a team. Not at so all. I think that was another thing that 
cued us in. It's like there was a lot of examples of couples who said all the right things about working together, but their actions didn't. didn't yeah, didn't reflect. Didn't that. reflect that. Yeah. 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 So I mean, uh, you have to tell the story of our friend who like came up to us at the pool and was like, "You guys cannot do this." Yeah, it was right when we were considering it and we were sort of at a pool party and we were like, yeah, I think we're going to um, start a business together. And, you know, I, I have a path to quitting my corporate job and Namir has this great idea. And she was like, guys, you should not do this. Stop. For right real. Now. Like, I got a divorce you know, because of this. And, and, and she really, really warned us, which I appreciate. Um, but I think for, for whatever reason, we decided to continue forward anyway. I think, well, I, I'll give you credit here because Demir serves the role in our relationship of coming up with awesome, crazy ideas. I get to select carefully which ones we move forward with. It's like going out for a sandwich. You're like, no. Mm, too no. adventurous. Mm, don't not feel that today. No, but he had a lot of credibility built up because he had made a lot of crazy things that I thought were crazy actually work in our life. Like he was like, oh, we shouldn't just rent an apartment in LA. We should rent a huge house because then we can Airbnb half of it. And we'll not only pay off our rent that way, we'll make money. I was like, that sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. (laughs) But he was totally right. We went with it and he was absolutely right about it. So Yeah, we crushed with that. He had a lot of built up credibility with me. Yeah. So when he said like, it's not only going to be a new business, we're going to be able to travel the world and live from wherever (laughs) we want. I was like, that sounds crazy. But... I ran the numbers and he ended up being right about it. And so I got really excited. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is a great time to talk about a concept that we created called Demir and Carrie Inc. Um, Demir and Carrie Inc. I just I I don't think it's a great name. It's just the best name that we could come up with. It was just a sort of different approach that we took to it. And we sort of said, okay, we've been we've been amply warned. We've seen some really terrible examples of couples working together. And we don't want to be one of those cautionary tales. So we sort of got together and, and boiled down like, okay, well, what do we feel like is wrong with that? And what do we, how do we feel like we could solve it? And, and probably the short version of thinking about Demir and Carrie Inc. is that instead of thinking about Carrie's career or Demir's career or our bank account or any other like sort of single dimension indicators of success, Demir and Carrie Inc. is about the whole ecosystem. It is about Demir and Carrie's life together. So when we started a business, we didn't really start a business. We started a business that was really a vehicle in the container for us to achieve our coolest, best lifestyle where we had the most, um, where we optimized everything that was important to us. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it wasn't like we were optimizing for the business success. Like that's really important because a lot of people... Uh, you know, if they say they're in a partnership with their best friend, they have a business together and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're such good friends. Like we put our relationship first, but it's like at the end of the day, like, do you really, because you each have your own families and you actually need to be putting your family's best interests first. Let's be honest. In our case, it wasn't like that. It was like the business is comes like at a far distant second to us and our relationship and what's important to us. So like the hierarchy really started with us as a unit, yeah. not with a business. And, and logic dictates that obviously if we weren't making money in the business, then we wouldn't be paying our bills and that would hurt our lifestyle. So money does factor in, but instead of being like that number one thing, how much money are we making? How many employees do we have? Um, are we on TV? Are we being invited? Like these types of indications that let's be honest, we tend to value above some of the more meaningful stuff. Um, we, we just made that one of many 
considerations. And it's funny what you said about, you know, regular business partners go back to their family and that's where their true sort of loyalty lies. Um, you know, I had a very vivid experience of that because I went into business with my best friend and we talked a lot about being family, but when push came to shove and the business went under, um, you know, I realized that I was not in his family. I was on the outside of the family. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was like really, uh, sort of alarming and saddening to me because I was, I really was in that place, but I think it's just right and natural that somebody will put their family first you have to yeah yeah you have to do that and so i i think for us it it was it was exactly that it was like hey if we end up making a million dollars but one of us is miserable in the business that's not okay yeah like, and there there's been times in our business when one uh, or both of us has been unhappy mm-hmm. and we we treat that as as much of an emergency for our business as like our lead funnel stop working or as as somebody getting sick or something it's like it nothing else matters except for that at that point yeah yeah and and i remember there's some there's been specific times that i can remember where um we would sit down and say hey listen you know we'll do whatever we need in this business we'll change our business model we'll change the way we work um in order for us both to feel 100 percent about this vehicle so i I think we've belabored it enough it's just just this idea that the business is more than a business. It's just like a vehicle for helping us create our life. And pause, fast forward. We're recording a podcast from like an apartment that we own in a foreign country, which is a dream of ours to be yeah. expats, you know, and our babies in the other room being tended to by a nanny, you know, like the business has really been a vehicle for us to express our ideas and like, and live the life that we want. So it, yeah. it's been a resounding success. And we, but we keep our finger on that because at this point in a lot of businesses, it would be like, well, let's get you signed up for like some speaking gigs and let's start doing a tour and let's do in-person events. And all of these things would sabotage our lifestyle. And so a lot of people think we're crazy for turning down these like tens of thousands of dollars we've been offered to do these like keynote speeches Speeches and stuff. But we're like, we, we don't have that because our Demir and Carrie Inc. comes first. We understand very well what that's going to do to our lifestyle. Yeah, like a, a fundamental tenant, and people are going to laugh so hard at this. A fundamental tenant of Demir and Carrie Inc. is that I get to take a nap every single day at two o'clock. And people laugh. They're like, oh, nap, whatever. But that nap makes me a very happy person, right? Like being able, and, and to me, like of all of the luxurious sort of manifestations of, of the success that we've had, honestly, I think the one that I could never do without again, no matter what happens in my life is a nap. Like I, that nap is so luxurious for me, you know? And, and so what's funny is another person would laugh at that, but like, you get it. You know that like that nap is important to me. That's it's, it's yes, it's a nap, but it's also a symbol of the kind of lifestyle that we live, that we've been able yeah. to create leisure and luxury inside of our lifestyle. Um, and so, you know, even if, if we have to take, uh, you know, if we get offered uh, an opportunity, but, oh, okay, the only way to do that is to erase that nap from my schedule, that opportunity is not going to happen. We're not going to do no. that. No, yeah. no, it's just not worth it. Um, so let's talk now about what we think makes it work for us to work together. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a, like a personality thing because our personalities are very different. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like a, a strengths and weaknesses thing because like anybody else, we each have different strengths and weaknesses. Well, I do think there's one, let's just like talk about that elephant in the room and then we'll get into the things that people can change. I mean, one is 
let's be honest, we've seen a lot of the men in relationships feel intimidated by the woman. Right. True. And um, especially where the woman was was innately more talented <laughs> than the man. Right. Um, and that creates a lot of um, friction and stress. And, you know, so one of the things that I just came loaded with, I didn't work on this. I didn't develop it. It's just like happened. Maybe being raised by a single mother um, is that I just wasn't intimidated by how smart you were and how talented you were. Um, and that doesn't mean that like you're the center. I, obviously, I know how I contribute to the business, but I think, you know, Often we have seen that where the breakdown happened comes around like right when that woman is about to step into that spotlight. Yeah. The man is like, no, you know, like you've never, you've never ever stopped that. I mean, even you are sort of the face of the business. You get a lot more time in front of the camera, which is how we like it. But there was t- one time when we got picked to be on a really big podcast. Yeah. And the person asked me to yeah. be on on it. And it was sort of like a moment for you where you were like, oh no, like I want to be on that. Like yeah, I'm, and I did. I, I wanted, really wanted I to be wanted, on that. But even though you wanted to, you were like, no, no, no. Like it's this is Carrie's opportunity. And you really helped me work on my talking points and you practiced it with me and you celebrated me. And so it's like, and you, you ended crushed up, it. And I crushed it. Way. And you crushed it. But that also really helped me because if you hadn't been willing to step in and help me, I would have felt like bad. I would have like tried to yeah. ask her if, she, if you could do it instead or like the talking points would not have been as good, you know. And so like I knew like us as a team showing up in that way really. And then I, after that, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really like doing that stuff. To yeah, yeah, have yeah. Us. <laughs> now you're like if people can ask you all you want. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to do any podcast. Yeah. Um, but but so let's just put that one out of the way and just say like hey you know I think I think the man in some of these relationships really needs to check his male ego, and I'm not trying to be politically correct here. It's just like straight up we've seen it time and again where you know you've got this tremendously talented woman and like the man is like really feeling threatened when she really steps into just this like moment of greatness you know so you've just got to be there rooting for them you know and I really feel like we've got that in a relationship where you know it's like it's that tag team WWE wrestling where I'll tag you in and then and then you'll go and body slam somebody and you'll tag me in you know and it just it feels like we've really got that sense of partnership Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of things like it might look like it's just one of us doing something, but it's actually both of us. So like you might be the one showing up and delivering the training live, but I was the one who created the slides and the script beforehand. Exactly. So it's like, and and we don't care. I'm like, okay, I don't care if he's the one delivering that because like he's, he is the star in that moment because I don't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) It works well. And then before that, you know, you were like, I don't want to be the one creating these the script and the slides, you know, like I was like, great, I'll do it. Yeah. So finding those ways to contribute where we can have the most value and really being happy with our roles. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 we, I would be remiss not to point out that we did do lots of personal development before totally. we came together. Yep. We did Landmark together. We did MITT together, which is basically like another version of Landmark, but it's in LA. Um, We did Unleash the Power Within, the Tony Robbins program together. Basically, any chance we get, it's been a little harder to do the, the, yep, it's been a little bit harder due to the pandemic. We love group training programs, but obviously not really possible right now. But we do try to do a lot of personal development together. So that we can grow as a couple. Yeah. And we'd done it before we came together. So I felt like, you know, that really helped, you know, when, first of all, it just helped us to see where, where our particular blind spots and demons were. Yeah. And let's be honest, we all have them. So I think you having a little bit more awareness, like I think one of my favorite things about you is you'll call your own fouls and you'll say, okay, I'm doing this right now. And that, 
even just that little bit of saying like, okay, she's doing it and I have to deal with it, but she recognizes that she's doing it. And I think that bit of recognition goes a long way. You know, it really goes a a huge way. And of course, like the communication skills that we built up. So, um, you know, there's nothing much more to say about that, except that we invested in personal development. It takes continual effort though, to continue to show up. And because we keep on changing as people, and so we have to, the work never ends. Totally. I mean, we have nothing to complain about with our daughter, but we again hit another level of having to stretch and grow, you know, when our daughter came, because even though we live this amazing lifestyle where we've got more benefit, you know, more help, more benefit than, than almost everybody else, it was still something that kicked our butt, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. It was something we didn't know what to expect, at, yada, yada. Any parent who's listening right now totally gets, gets what it. we're talking yeah. about. Gets it. You, you know, nobody gets out alive. Um, what else? I think that um, we celebrate each other's strengths. Yeah. You know, like we once we identify someone's strength, even if it's a strength that the other person would ideally like to have, we do still celebrate that other person and we try to help them succeed inside the inside the relationship, inside the business. Um, so the the best example is like I kind of wanted to be CEO, but I also had a natural ability and knack for it because I wanted to do that sort of like behind the scenes oversight managerial stuff and you had already been one and so you were like I'm good to go I'm I'm good I'm fine (laughs) I don't want to I want that and also you you're a fantastic coach natural performer have such a great natural gravity and and magnetism that it would have been a real shame if someone tried to like keep you from shining in that in that way. Like yeah. it even happens, you guys don't even realize we go out to like a party where everybody's strangers and they're just, they just flock to Demir <laughs> like moths to a flame. Like he just has that quality. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah. I mean, here's another one that I like, and this, this was maybe, this is a little bit counterintuitive. I've, I've never heard anybody do this except for us. When we first started the business, we sort of wrote down all of the roles that had to happen in the business because obviously you aren't just business owner, you're a marketer and a salesperson and a content creator and a coach and a CEO, right? And so what we did was we wrote down, I think what ended up being like 22 different roles that would have to be played in the business. And we started at the top and we said, okay, Carrie, what do you want the most? And she said, I want, you know, CEO. I want to be able to do strategic stuff. What do you want the most? And I said, coaching. And, and, and then we just started working down the list. And of course, as you get to the middle, then it's the things that like, oh, maybe she likes it a little bit more than me. And then we got all the way to the bottom. And then it's about who hates it less, <laughs> right? Like, oh, God, I really hate finance. You hate it less. Okay, it'll go to you. Um, and what we agreed on once we sort of, we call it captain, finance captain, content captain, right? Whatever it is. Um, Once we sort of assigned those, we just agreed that whoever that person is, they get final say. So this isn't like a 50-50 democracy. If you're finance captain, I cannot, you know, I can give you input. I can give you my opinion, but ultimately you get the final say just even if I don't agree. And I think this is where a lot of relationship-based partnerships break down. There's this feeling, even if it's even if you say the words, oh, that they get final say, there's this feeling that since we're in a relationship, if I strongly disagree with you, you're not allowed yeah. to make a, de- a decision where I disagree. And so I think this is sort of a two-parter. Number one, like giving clear, distinctive roles and saying if you're empowered to 
be the CEO, then you have to have final say on strategy and I can give all the input I want, but there's got to be a point at which I walk away and say, cool, I've been heard and it's your call and, and, and be okay with you making the call that I didn't want you to make. And that's the critical part, actually being okay with that. Because I mean, I think about it as like when, you know, when the Senate is split evenly 50-50, imagine there was no tie-breaking vote. It's like nothing would get done yes. in the government. Same thing with a business. If there's just two of us, then, and you know, if we have equal say on everything, we would literally never make a decision about anything. Yeah. It would be impossible. Uh, so yeah, it, it just helps us move faster and make decisions, make mistakes. We give each other plenty of opportunities to make mistakes. Like That's key. We're not going to, you know, Demir's never going to, whatever, what's that term like? Sabotage? No, say like, I told you so. Like, Oh, slam dunk. Slam yeah. dunk. Yeah, you would never slam dunk me if I did a marketing thing that went horribly, horribly wrong. Even if you were like, I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> but you wouldn't say that after. You would be like, I'm so sorry. It didn't go well. You know, like, what can I do to help? You know? What you're saying is so important. I, I just I really have to underline this. What you're saying is giving the other person the space to make a mistake. And I remember one of our coaches in our personal development program sort of said, hey, you know that like giving somebody the space to operate means giving them the space to make mistakes. And I think all too often in a loving couple, there's that feeling of like, doesn't Carrie see that I'm right? And all I'm trying to do is save her from making this terrible mistake. And and you have to be like, okay, you've said your piece. She's taken it in. You You get to a point where you just walk up to the edge and you say, are you willing to give her the space to make a mistake or not? And the funny thing is I have so often like magnanimously been like, okay, Carrie's going to really eat it on this one, but I'm going to be the bigger person and I'm just going to let her. And then the problem is you never do. So then who was wrong? I was wrong, but I was so sure never talk about that. that I was, that I was right, you know? And so, and that's happened enough times where I've like sort of magnanimously been like, I'm just going to give her the space to make this mistake. But then it wasn't a mistake. And that built trust where I realized, okay, actually now in some ways I trust you, even when my internal voice is saying like, no, you're right. Part of me is like, no, I trust Carrie because I've been through this loop a hundred times now. And like yes. 80 out of a hundred times, Carrie is right. The speak, the experience really helps there because I have the same thing with you. I'm like, oh, like that's not the way I would have done it. It seems like whatever. I, I don't know. I would have done it completely differently, but yet you continue to deliver such great results. It's like, well, at a certain point, I just have to sort of be like, well, I still don't get it, but it's working. <laughs> so what am I complaining about? That's so perfect. Yeah, it's just, I still don't get it. Um, so I think we covered a couple there. Auctioning off roles I, and honoring those boundaries and giving each other the space to make mistakes. I, I think that's that's tremendous. What else? I think also the fact that it wasn't, um, one of us coming in with some existing knowledge about like how to start a business or how to run a coaching based business and the other person being more in a learning role. It was like we both sort of gave up our previous careers and started something new together, Yeah, which neither of us had any experience in to speak yeah. of more, more than just, you know, the experience you get being like, a professional. Like if you've, pe- if you peeled off from craft and became like a marketing consultant, and then I joined you in that role, you would have been the expert and I would have been like the neophyte. Right. And that would have always sort of like plagued us. And I've seen couples who work together and in a weird way, like they've both been in the industry for like 15 years, but one was in like two years before and they still carry the sense like, oh, well this person's the expert and I'm just like, 
the, the, the writer or like I'm following along. And um, I think you, like you, you said it perfect because we both left our career capital behind and started something new. Nobody was the expert. Yeah. And so that really helped us not to like bat each other over the head with this idea of uh, nobody ever got to come in and say, well, I've been doing this for years. And so I know, and you're stupid. You because know? we're both alphas. Like we're neither of us is willing to be like, I don't know, um, in sort of an assistant capacity. Like that wouldn't yeah. have felt right or uh, stretchy for either of us. Yeah. So I think that's crucial because some personalities too, is like they prefer that. They prefer to be more in a alpha beta type of Roll that, together. That can work actually really well. It works really well. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we did not have that, <laughs> so we had to come up with a different way to approach it. Yeah, I think it works. I think it works really well when you. And let me just back up and say, I think in a marriage you have to mythologize the other person a little bit. Yeah. You have to keep some of like like when you first meet that person just seems like magic. You know, they're just like they walk on air according to you. You're just like obsessed with them and you just think everything's so great. You have to sustain some of that. Yeah. You have to sustain the mythology of Carrie and like and you know, I don't care if nobody else sees you in that way. Like that's how I see you and I keep those coals hot. And so that extends into the business too, where I mythologize a lot of your skills. Right. Right. And celebrate your skills and build you up in that way. Um, And I I won't say that you don't deserve it, but frankly, I don't care if you deserve it or not. That's irrelevant to me. Like it's necessary for us to to work together for me to just put you up, not on that high, high pedestal, but, but to really mythologize you a little bit and be like, this is what's awesome about Carrie. And this is what she does better than anybody else in the world. And it's like, have I really measured you against every other, no, no, I don't care. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't agree more. I mean, in terms of would we recommend it to other couples? Interesting. Like all great answers. I feel like the answer is it depends um, again, coming back to what I said at the beginning, there's some people who are just going to freaking do it no matter what you say. So maybe it's better for us to speak to those people yes. rather than say, I definitely wouldn't want to be the one to talk a couple into it if they were leaning out of it. Oh, no, that wouldn't work. That you, seems You need wrong. to both like really want to. Yes. So I guess um, my criteria is I do feel, and, and I've said this on other podcasts and in other venues, I feel that there's no, like, I, I, I think capitalism is great. I think it's one of the greatest human inventions, and certainly we have nothing better than it. But I think one of the sinister things about capitalism is it always finds a way to trap you, mm. to put you onto a hamster wheel and then lock you into that hamster wheel. And no matter how much you try to get off the hamster wheel, it just finds ways to just keep you right there. Um, and I think for people who are looking to break off the hamster wheel and create an unconventional life, there's you you sort of owe it to yourself to at least consider yeah. starting a business because it gives you that, it breaks you out of that, um, I hate to use the word exploitative, right? Um, but it But there are, to a certain degree, living in a city, you always sort of are earning just a little bit less than you need to live the life that you need. So you're always, right. and then you're taking credit. And so you're always trying to come up from behind. And I think um, leveraging geo-arbitrage, having your own business is a way to really take control out of one of the really fundamental building blocks of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. It creates a lot more flexibility um, because it's, I mean, frankly, if we could have worked for other companies, but still been able to travel and set our own schedule, 
maybe we would have chosen that option. I mean, I think a lot more people have that option now, you know, after the pandemic and everyone's right. working from home. So that was just frankly not even remotely possible for us. And by the way, you know, by the way, people, I mean, make no mistake that now in the pandemic, it is, you know, as terrible as the pandemic has been, it has really unlocked like the ability for people to, I mean, shoot, uh, I won't say your name, but the veterinarian who's basically working remotely now. I mean, mean, who would have thought a veterinarian could work remotely? Right. I mean, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got like now personal trainers, which used to be 100%. Nobody would work with a personal trainer over Zoom. And now that's like how everybody's doing it. And I promise you, it's not going to go back. So the world has sort of opened up and there's a new sort of... um, we're in this like new period where a lot more people can do it. But but I would just say, I guess, just to put a bow on that, for people who are really determined to break off the hamster wheel and create their own unconventional life, it's definitely something you should at least consider. Yes. I mean, there are other ways of creating freedom. You could create financial freedom mm-hmm. and then you could both quit your jobs and then you wouldn't have to have a business at all together. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of different options, but I I do think that if you are really into your spouse, you want to spend more time with them, you oh want to grow together as a couple. That. that was a big thing. Is at our other jobs, we felt like we never saw each other. We're like, you're the only person I want to actually hang out with, and get up hanging out with like all these other people <laughs> that I really don't care about at all. And so that was a little bit weird to us. We were like, wouldn't it be great if we could just spend more time together? Yeah, we are sort of like. You could say, uh, in a positive way, like obsessed with each other, but in a negative way, like codependent, uh, creepy, <laughs> creepily code, codependent. But no, we just we really dig each other, you know, and we, you know, probably more than we dig anybody else. And it just felt weird to go spend your best energy and hours with other people, and then like trudge your way home, yes, and then have you like give your worst version of yourself to your spouse or your partner, and be like, sorry, this is all that's left over after I've given my best self to this other thing. And it just felt like. We're going to have to like slug around, like why not do it together? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that was, I mean, so if that's something you're looking for, you know, that could be a a really good reason to start a business together. Um, And, and yeah, if you're looking to create just an unconventional life where you want to be location independent or traveling around the world or just move to a different country, it could also be a good option. Definitely. I think, I think you said something that I sort of stepped on and I I just want to make sure that it comes across like loud and clear this is not the only way to create freedom. You know, you had mentioned the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early, which a FI and RE don't need to fit together. You can have financial independence and not retire early. But we do know of couples who have completely separate jobs and careers, but the way that they created freedom in their life was by creating financial independence. Yep. Um, and that gives them that ability to say, hey, we could quit our job whenever we want. Um, I'm not... I'm not in a weird way, your your relationships, your work completely changes when you do not care if somebody fires you. Yep. Right. When you're just like, yo, I don't I am here simply because I want to be because I love this work and because it's meaningful to me. Like, go ahead and fire me. Um, we have somebody who I won't name in our community who's achieved financial independence and, you know, sort of got that warning shot across the bow from his bosses. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, we're not satisfied. And he just came up to me. And he was like, listen, I totally get the position you're in. I'm only going to stay at this company if I get to do this kind of work. And this other kind of work doesn't interest me. So, like, I invite you to let me go. This is a free market for labor. Like, you don't have to keep me on. Um, But I'm just not going to do this other thing. And they sort of, like, went, 
Uh, oh. Uh, oh. I thought we could just like put the gun to his head. It normally works. Right. And of course they didn't fire him. They just let, let him stay and work on the things that he wanted to work on. So, um, yeah, again, cannot emphasize enough. This isn't the only vehicle for freedom. Yes. But we want to hear from you. Yes. Have you ever even considered working with your spouse? Let us know in the comments. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you like to listen to your podcasts. And please leave us a review. And in your review, tell us any questions that you're curious about. We would love to cover those in an upcoming episode.